Well, welcome. It is week three of our series, Rooted in Wisdom, where we are exploring the book of Proverbs. And thanks to you if you've been with us these first couple of weeks, but even if you haven't, if you're new or you've just been here for a short time, we want to especially welcome you. We know that every weekend is someone's first time here at Nativity, and if that's you, we invite you to um, claim a gift that we have just to thank you for joining us. If you're here with us in person on our campus, head out to our Welcome Center right behind you on the concourse, and you can get your gift there and talk to our ministers a little bit about Nativity. Or if you're joining us online, we invite you to text the word WELCOME to 410-216-5534, and we will send you that gift and get you connected. And to everyone, happy Independence Day. It's great to be with you on this holiday weekend. Before we get to the fireworks and food later today that we're all looking forward to, I just want to spend a little bit of time today talking about the power of our words. Many of you are likely to get together with family or friends, or maybe like me, you're going to be calling those family and friends. And when we're around our loved ones, oftentimes we're not as careful with our words as we could be. I experienced this when I was about 13 years old, and my dad pointed it out to me. When I was that age, I was in seventh grade, and it was a year that I really struggled. It was a tough age. I imagine for most people, 13 is a tough age. And that was especially true for me. Um, I was just in this phase where I really wanted to be cool. I wanted to be with the right crowd. And I was at a new school, so I was making all these new friends and exerting my independence. And if you are that age, when you're 13, you probably know, and you're trying to be cool, the least cool thing in the world is what? Your parents. Your parents. And I really lived that with my dad. I thought everything he did was embarrassing when I was that age. He didn't even have to try. Uh, and I, I remember just being very dismissive and insulting toward him. I think my favorite word was, whatever. And I roll my eyes probably more in that year than I have in the rest of my life combined. I certainly wasn't careful with my words. I made fun of my dad's car. I made fun of what he wore. I didn't accept his guidance. And I can remember making light of his work. And he was very proud of what he did. He owned a small business at that point in his life that managed homeowners associations. And it was a good business. He grew it. He had a great business plan. And I just thought it was humiliating. I couldn't think of anything worse that my dad could do for a living um, when I was in seventh grade for no good reason, really. But one day, he called me out on it, particularly snide comment that I made. And my dad stopped, and he made eye contact with me, and he said, Daniel, I need your support. You have made fun of me, and you've really hurt me in the last couple of months, and that needs to stop. I realize I'm your dad, and it's my job to encourage you most of the time, but I need your encouragement, too. Whatever, Dad. <laughs> so he said that, and I kind of rolled off me, but it struck me, and it stuck with me, because that meant my words impacted him. And even as a seventh grader, I realized that. I may not have been able to verbalize it, but I could see it then. My words had power. They still do. And today we're going to look at Proverbs to say what that power is, the power of the tongue, and how we can harness it well. So far in this series, we've established that the book of Proverbs is wisdom. It's time.
timeless wisdom. It's an anthology of wisdom, not just advice, but God-inspired wisdom that can make us better at life and make life better for us. Last week, Brian talked to us about feedback, a challenging thing for us to give and to receive, but it can be life-giving when it is given in a trusting relationship in an actionable and timely way. And feedback is powerful in part because our words have power. We believe that around here. That's why we spend so much time investing in the message because we believe the words that we speak have the power to change people's lives. And we believe that God's word has the power to do all things. If we need evidence of this, we can just look at the creation story when God spoke creation into being. It doesn't just say that he made the heavens and the earth and human beings. Before everything, it says God said and then the creation happens. When God speaks, everything changes. When God said it, nothing became something. And we call Jesus the word made flesh because when he spoke, it was with the authority of the Father, the authority of God. Jesus was fully God, and so his words had all power, but he never misused them. He used them to heal and to teach and to work miracles that we needed to see and witness. And so words have power. And the primary vehicle for those words is our tongue, primary muscle we use to speak. It's sometimes called the strongest muscle in the body. I looked it up because that phrase is so common. It's actually not true. The tongue isn't the strongest muscle. For one thing, it's really difficult to measure strength. There are a lot of different ways that you can do that. But we will give the tongue this. It's hard to fatigue. The tongue does not get tired easily. We can talk and talk and talk, hopefully not like I'm doing today, We can talk and talk and the tongue doesn't get tired. It may not be the strongest physically, but the tongue possesses more power to hurt or to heal than any other muscle. Proverbs 18 says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who make it a friend shall eat its fruit. Death and life. We have that power when we speak in our words. Notice that it doesn't say anything about intent or what's behind those words because it doesn't really matter. The power is there whether we mean what we say or not. And so our tongue needs to be tamed. When the power of our tongue is tamed, it can be used to encourage, to compliment, to heal and protect. But either way, tame or turbulent, we will eat its fruit. Now, here's where I find myself coming up short and where I'm guessing many of you do as well. We underestimate the power of our words. And so we speak thoughtlessly and our thoughtlessness affects other people. Quick story. A couple of years ago, my coworker in student ministry, Allie, and I were sitting down to talk about a job change for her and a new job title. And so we talked about it and we decided she was going to be the associate director of student ministry. Great. Only I forgot about the conversation. And so soon after that, we were getting our student ministry team together. We were huddling to begin our year. And I went around to introduce the team. And I went from person to person and I got to Allie. And I flippantly said, we hadn't decided on her job title yet. Now, shortly after that, Allie rightly came back to me and asked about it. She was hurt, not just because I didn't remember, but because I spoke about it like it wasn't a big deal, and it was. 
Her promotion, her position were important, and it was important how I presented her to the student ministers that she was getting ready to lead. Now, I didn't intend any harm, but because I didn't harness my tongue, I hurt Allie and I damaged her credibility. Words have power. And as a culture, we recognize that. That's why if you look around, we have all these talking heads on TV, radio, podcasts, social media, all around us. Talking heads are everywhere because everyone is an armchair critic. And in our society today, there's a great partisanship and a lack of civil discourse on talk shows and really everywhere around us. And it's increasingly impersonal. It's talking for the sake of talking because the tongue doesn't get tired of spouting opinions and we realize the power of the tongue, but we don't make any attempt to tame it. And communication is even more impersonal because we can do it through a screen. We never have to see someone to insult them or to criticize them or make fun. And that thoughtlessness, it also speaks to the potential that we have. You and I can be different. We can use words differently than our culture does. With God's help, our tongue can be an agent of change. We can be praying for that civil discourse. That's why Proverbs says this. The prating of some men is like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise is healing. And prating isn't a word that we use a lot, but it means talking foolishly or at tedious length about something. And in my eyes, that's what we see on all of these talk shows and debate shows, news stations, sports stations, comedy stations, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. It's those little sword thrusts. We may not like everything that we're hearing, but it affects us. It accumulates. It does impact us. And what we hear influences what we think and say. So the more that we fill our minds with the prating and with the foolish talk of others, the more that we will lean that way. Whereas the opposite is also true. If we fill our minds with the wisdom, this wisdom that we're studying in Proverbs, that's when we can become agents of change and offer the peace of God. Proverbs also says this, like the man who seizes a passing dog by the ears. Isn't that a great image? Is he who meddles in a quarrel not his own? Like a crazed archer scattering firebrands and deadly arrows is the man who deceives his neighbor and then says, I was only joking. Oh, those words, they pierce my heart because I know that I've spoken them far too many times. I bet everyone who's listening has spoken those words. I was only joking, just kidding, or I wasn't actually serious. Usually we say that because we have to backtrack. We cut someone to the heart. We forget how powerful our words can be. And we forget how our insults and criticism can ruin the self-esteem of others. We fail to see what God sees in that person. Those are the pitfalls of the tongue. We get involved where we shouldn't. We speak out of turn. We insult. We're careless. We're imprecise. We talk for the lack of, or for, excuse me, we talk for the sake of talking. We let our tongue have power over us. So what can we do to tame the tongue? Well, we're going to go to Proverbs for a strategy, but I'm going to warn you, this strategy is simple. It's so simple, you may want to dismiss it, but don't. Sometimes simple answers are often the best ones. So here is the strategy laid out for us from Proverbs. 
Those who guard their mouths preserve themselves. Those who open wide their lips bring ruin. Guard our mouths. That's it. That's it. The same way that we need to guard our hearts, we need to guard our tongue. Every time that we open our mouths, we exercise power, the power of life and death. And we can often do more good simply by staying quiet. We can actually speak less, but say more. And why is that? It's partly because of this. Without wood, the fire dies out. Without a tail bearer, strife subsides. It's easier to gossip. It's easier to make fun or to complain. But each time we do, we're stoking the fire. We're throwing another log into the flames. A rumor, an insult, it's a parasite. It needs a carrier. It needs a tail bearer to survive. When instead, we can simply let the fire die out. I heard it put this way recently. Does this need to be said? Does it need to be said right now? And similar to what we heard last week about feedback, there are times to say it and times not to. Now, I know it's the holiday weekend. You're relaxed. But I'm going to put us in a work situation for just a second. So in your mind's eye, I want you to picture yourself in a meeting with a few people in a conference room. Or maybe you're on a Zoom call with business partners, or if you're a student, you're working on a group project. <clears throat> and you have that person in the group who sits there quietly throughout the conversation, and they just spend most of their time listening. And then, right when you think they don't have anything to contribute to the conversation, they pipe up with something that is extremely wise that nobody has thought to say. They wait to speak until they have something to say. Can it really be that simple to think before you speak? Yes. And sometimes just to be silent. As we prepare our small group leaders for how to engage teens in conversation, we tell them to use silence as a tool, not to be afraid of it. Silence prompts people to speak. And it's a great way to get people talking. It can be powerful. Now, I have to admit, I like to think that I can be the silent, wise one at the table. But most of the time, I process things out loud. I speak as much as anyone else in the room. I can be an oversharer, and sometimes I think, I'm not a great person to tell a secret to. But this is a proverb that I need to heed. Even a fool, if he keeps silent, is considered wise. If he closes his lips, intelligent. Again, so simple. So simple that I want to dismiss it. If I don't say anything, I'm going to appear smarter, like I'm taking it all in. Why don't we do that more often? Another way that I've heard this said in a modern-day proverb from someone you might know is this. Talk low, talk slow, and don't say too much. John Wayne. Now, if you're sitting there saying, yeah, I could have put this together myself, you are absolutely right. This message is as simple as it gets. Bottom line, we all could stand to shut our mouths more. Taming the tongue ultimately comes down to using it less. God gave us two ears and one mouth for good reason. But here's the truth. We may know it. We just don't do it. 
So to finish, I'd like to suggest three ways that we can speak less but say more. First way, ask more questions. If you're saying, asking great questions, you'll be speaking less and showing that you're curious. Curious questions don't begin with, wouldn't you agree or don't you think? And they definitely don't end with, right? The idea is to explore the other person's point of view, not to sway them. So ask questions that don't have an obvious or a simple answer. So that's the first strategy. Second one, think less. Because our brains can think a lot faster than people can talk, we need to be aware of the tendency to take those mental side trips. I know that none of you have done that today, but smart people are particularly apt to get distracted by their own galloping thoughts, so they're also more likely to assume that they already know what's going to be said. So if we're assuming or we're thinking ahead to what we're going to say next, we're not listening. So make eye contact, process what's being said, clarify, summarize, paraphrase as you go. You might notice that talking less has a lot to do with listening more and listening well. That's not a coincidence. So number one, ask more questions. Two, think less. The third strategy, play it out. Whatever you're about to say has power. It can change someone's day, even someone's life. So take that power and use it well by playing out the scenario before you speak. Think of what your listeners' response will be. Will it make them glad, sad, or mad? Will they think? Will they gasp? Will they laugh? Play it out in your mind before you speak the words. So ask more questions. Think less. Play it out. This week, practice one of these strategies in a conversation. Let me say those one more time. And as I do, just pick one that you can zero in on and practice this week. Ask more questions, think less, play it out. Practice one of them, see how it helps you to speak less, but say more. The other thing that you can be doing this week is to continue reading through that book of Proverbs. There's great wisdom in how to do exactly this, how to tame our tongue. If you haven't started yet, it's our challenge for the series. It isn't too late. Any time is a good time to start. Just a chapter a day will take you five minutes or less, and you can get going this week. So read through those Proverbs and continue to do that together. And I'll end with this. Each of us can always get better in this area. It's a lifelong endeavor. But ultimately, we will all fail. You will fail. You will hurt someone again. You will speak out of turn. You will be thoughtless. It happens to each one of us because of our sinful nature. But when it does, you have the opportunity to practice humility, and grace. I had to do this with my dad back in seventh grade. He gave me that opportunity. He pointed out how my words hurt him, and he asked for my support. And after initially rolling my eyes and blowing him off, I realized over the next couple of days he was absolutely right. And I needed to tell him that. And I was prompted to approach him and use the power of words to heal the wounds I had caused. I apologized. Apologies are some of the most Christ-like phrases in any language. You can be an agent of healing and change with three simple words. I am sorry. Don't be afraid to say that. That's the true power of the tongue, to heal what is broken and give life.
Let's pray. God, you spoke creation into being. You show us the power of our words. Help us to use them well, to follow the example of your son, the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Help us to realize their power so that we can speak less, but say more. And we pray this in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus. In your name, amen.